It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Sports Stove Podcast. This is part two of our conversation with the hosts of the FN Sports Podcast, Shaka Cummings and Parker Ainsworth. In this part of the conversation, we talk about the NBA and the guys grade the takes of the NBA season so far and what is ahead. Today's episode is brought to you by Skull Candy and by Blue Cooler. Skull Candy, you can get the best of all audio, it's talking about earbuds, headphones, stereos, sound equipment, different things that's available, all available at Skull Candy. We'll put a link in the podcast notes. Make sure you click and shop through that link at Skull Candy. Then also Blue Coolers, they've got this 55-quart cooler that keeps ice for 10 days. It's five-star rated. It is their best-selling product. And it's cheaper than other places where you can get similar style of coolers. As a matter of fact, some have called Blue Coolers the Yeti Killer. So go get yourself a Blue Coolers cooler and get it through the link that we'll provide at the podcast notes. Now let's get to the rest of our conversation with the hosts of the FN Sports Podcast. All right, let's get to the NBA. Uh, first topic in the NBA that I want you to grade, Julius Randle is a top 25 player in the NBA. Top 25 player in the NBA, Julius Randle. Shaka, you're the Knicks fan. Yeah, he might be this year. Like, I mean. <laughs> That's what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, well, here's the thing, right? I, I I do think you're limited if you're just saying right now. Like, uh, so, so right now, right? Mm-hmm. 
he might be top 25 and maybe Paul George isn't. If I said, hey, you can have Paul George or Julius Randle, who are you going to take? Like I'd anybody take, take Randle. And that's why you're not a GM of an NBA team, right? <laughs> so we 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 understand Vince. That's we know the only Vince reason. Is not. Um, to, to be uh, fair, Shaka, neither are you. So well, <laughs> that, is, that is true. But I, I would take I would take Paul George. So like um I so uh, I guess like I I I'd probably go C because like yeah any given night he could be a top twenty five guy. But um, I'm feeling like I can name 25 guys who objectively I would take. Let me just say that when the Knicks signed him, I wanted him to take Nikola Vucevic with that money. Mm. And I'm still, and I still feel like I'm right on that. And Vucevic is a better player than Julius Randle, but we don't even talk. How many guys are in that boat? We don't even talk about because, like, it's easy to say Anthony Davis is better. Of course, Anthony Davis is better. It's easy to say LeBron's better and Kawhi's better. Vucevic is better. Yeah. Chris Middleton yeah. is better. I think that. Well, and that's part of the reason why kids, I say kids, they're on their early to mid 20s. Uh, that's why they want to go to the big markets, though, right? As part of the deal here is Julius Randle has played in LA and New York. And so we know his name a lot more than we know Vucevic. But I would put them both in my top 25, I think. Uh, and so that's like, yeah, Vucevic might be 20 and Randle might be 23, 4, 5. But I, I think they're both in the top 25 to me. I, and the way I look at it, Shaka, is I'm looking at like, I think he's having an all star caliber year. The all-star team is two teams of what twelve? Like that—that—that's the top twenty-one right there. Now I know it breaks down a little bit differently because like some guard always gets left out of the West. Like, with well, Booker listen, Clay and... Thompson's not an all-star this year, right? So I mean, right. there's there's guys who just aren't playing this year, and this is all my point. Like this year, Julius Randle's having an incredible year. Is he top twenty-five this year? He might be top twenty-five this year. I might I might want him to start in the all-star game. Some of us are doing some retweeting this weekend, right? <laughs> um, but but is he truly one of the twenty-five best players? Like you, you're telling me, Parker, that you couldn't name twenty-five guys that you wouldn't rather see Houston pick up than Julius Randle? And I'm not talking fit. Let's it's a it's let's call it the, the you know the old fantasy draft. You know we had uh, NBA 2K. Right. And you could just pick anybody. You telling me Imagine that there's not twenty-five guys? Right. Um, what I, what I will say here is that part of, if you're looking at the long, like the bigger picture on Julius is that it feels like he's been around a long time. He's still only just, he's just 26. And like for reference, like Kuzma turns 27 very soon. Right. And so like, like if you're looking at like, well, people talk about Kuzma, like he, he's grown and developed so much. He's got this big future plan at the late da da da. And it's like, well, Randall's younger, right? Like, so that, that's gonna be part of it too. If you're looking bigger picture on him, I think when I look at Randall though, he is, I'm, the hot take here may be that I have Draymond Green in the Hall of Fame, but I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer the way Draymond Green will be. But to me, he can do a lot of that kind of basketball where like, yeah, he he's currently averaging, I got it's 22, five and a half and 11 and 11 rebounds. But the more important thing to me are the nights that he gets like 18, 12 and eight, right? Like, like th that's the big night to me is like when he is really running the show there um, and they've got, especially when they just added Rose, I think they're moving away from that in New York a little bit, right? Um, but when he has in the early part of the season and for stretches of last season run the show as a point forward of sorts, I've been really impressed with him. I'm not going to deny though that part of the deal here is that um, I he's a DFW guy and I'm a recently I think I have my certificate in the mail, but I'm currently waiting on my BBN uh, mask to put behind me on my green screen thing. But no, what I, what I think that if I look at him as a DFW kid, the other part I like about him is that I through a DFW connection. Like he works crazy hard all year long. And I think that you see it play. Like all the NBA guys work hard. I think you see it play out in the things he adds to his game from year to year in a cool way 
that I'd like to continue to watch develop if I'm putting him on my team as one of the top 25 guys. I would be curious what his stats would look like if he was playing the 35 minutes a game that most NBA starters play versus he leads the league in minutes per game. So like all of that goes into it as well, right? Like his, his stats are elevated. His numbers in LA were good when he was healthy in LA. His Absolutely. He wasn't, and, he, they weren't this good and he wasn't no. playing 40 minutes a night. Like, yeah. I mean, listen, Tibbs is going to run everybody into the ground. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we understand that that's Tibbs's deal. So the stats get a little bit elevated. Like, listen, I'm a, I'm a university. I, I tell folks, I'm a fan donor and alum of the university of Kentucky. When those guys do well, I feel like my dollars were well spent. So I'm rooting for Julius Randall, but if the, if I'm doing an objective about top 25, even as a Nick fan, even as a Kentucky alum, I'm not sure. What if I change the statement to Julius Randall is the most underrated player in the NBA? Nikola Vucevic. I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) I will say if you're a basketball fan and enjoy big men doing not traditionally big men, big men things Vucevic is as good at that kind of stuff as anybody else he's better at passing the ball than people realize he's a tremendous shooter um and with how many bigs there are in Orlando he has to do a lot of non-traditional big guy things right the Knicks should find a way to still get him keep Randall yeah Randall Vucevic uh the Knicks could have done that the Knicks could have signed <laughs> Randall and Vucevic in the same offseason but they wanted Bobby Portis right we we had to have Portis. We had to have him. Is it Tosh the same? Gibson. Is that oh. the same year y'all drafted Knox? Um, I believe. BBN, that we though. So I, we, a, listen, we love Knox. We love. I'm Knox. a big Knox guy. Big Knox. Knox guy. was there the year before. <laughs> it was the, it's the year that we drafted R.J. Barrett, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, the okay. Knicks, and here's the deal with the Knicks. I get it. They want to save money because they think that Leon Rose is going to get somebody to come, right? And so they felt like Randall on the cheap. Don't tie money with Vucevic. But if you had both of those guys, right, you could have taken now Mitchell Robinson and traded him for an asset because he's someone who people want. Uh, anyway, what do I know? I just – I don't – no one hiring me to be the GM either, Vince, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I had to get a Rockets take in here too, so uh, Parker covers the Rockets for BellyUpSports.com uh, as well. But the Rockets teams by talent, I'm going to give you three – three years, recent year teams, and I'm going to rank them one, two, and three. Um, and maybe not by talent, because I know that I'm wrong on this. By fan enjoyment, all right? <laughs> team number one, I've got the CP3 teams uh, when he was there. Team number two is the current roster, as it sits. And team number three is the Russ years uh, that they were there. So, of course, Harden was there for two of those those eras. Uh, CP3, the John Wall and then the Russ teams, one, two, three, is how I have that one ranked. So interesting thing there is if the Chris Paul is a pair of years, and then the other two are are single years. Because, um, And I only bring that up because the first Chris Paul year is way more fun than the second <laughs> Chris Paul year. Um, and if I could divide that up, I would have first Chris Paul year, the current team, the second Chris Paul year, and the Russ team. Um, I, I will say that I, before I go and get like negative with Chris Paul, the first year Chris Paul was tremendous. He's obviously a tremendous basketball player watching him in Phoenix. Year two with Chris Paul, he had the, in, the hammy injury in the playoffs, never looked right, re-injures it in November, re-injures it in March. And it's like he he just never he never looked the same, which I think is what it sounds like. He was like barking stuff in the locker room that guys didn't like. And they're like, but you can't do that right now. And he's like, yeah, but – and that, that, I don't think that went very well. Um, so – 
if I could divide those years in half, I would say that the the seventeen eighteen Chris Paul team is as fun as we've had in a long time. Um, and, and we've done bits on our podcast. I maintain that's the best team in my watching of any basketball team that didn't win a title, and I'm including the sixteen Warriors. And that's a fun take we get into later. But the the thing that I look at that team with, if we're lumping in the nineteen team, is the 17-18 played pretty good defense too. And I think that that gets underrated because of how tremendous and historic the offense was. That the next year that drops off, uh, they lose Ariza, they lose uh, Luke Mbamute, they lose some of the, like, the guys you don't talk about, perimeter-type defenders. They pull up some G League guys and Daniel House. It went up working out, but still a, still a former G Leaguer. It's not really the same kind of like Trevor Ariza type or Luke Mbamute type when they were in there the year before this year's team what i'm getting at is i think a lot of fun when they're all there because everyone sees what christian wood is doing as like this is us now like that like this is now our thing the way that we went to bat for 13 for so long like now the guy we're going to bat for is 35 right now we're going to bat for christian wood and i will say that he looks every bit the part right when he's been out there playing he's on his Second injury to the same ankle, and that's worrisome. Um, he had some kind of some of the same stuff in uh, Detroit, but I think people enjoy this because they love like like Jay Sean Tate is a 26 year old rookie who played some Australia, and like I don't know if you guys watch Rocks or not. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably talking about guys you never heard of, but like no, Jason, I watched plenty of them the other night. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Tate is a ton of fun. Former Ohio State guy, ton of fun. David Nawaba is a ton of fun. Um, John Wall is back and healthy. BBN, ton of fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Boogie Cousins uh, needs hey. to work on his defense, but uh, but ton of fun. And Sterling Brown, and they got guys that are just playing. Like it's weird to look at the NBA, and I gotta let someone else talk. I talk too long. It's it's weird to look at the NBA though and be like, these guys are playing really hard. Do you think like they ought to all play hard? It's their job, but like it's a whole different thing when you're actually seeing one team play hard, even if it's not resulting in a lot of wins. Because the roster's in flux a lot. Uh, I just so we're, the game's going on in the background right here, and like someone else just walked off an injury. I'm like God, Spalding, the guy we just picked up, he's walking off with like a knee ankle. So I'm like, God dang it. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Shaka, what do, what's your thought there? What, what what would you rank as a non Rockets fan as the fun one there? Uh, winning is fun, which means that the Russ <laughs> the Russ team is two. That's all. I mean, oh, listen, and- the CP3 teams are top, right? Mm-hmm. Winning is fun. It was fun when they went small ball and they were winning games. It wasn't fun when Russ got COVID, came back in the bubble. It was never quite the same. That's what wasn't fun, right? And Russ hasn't been the same since. Russ pre-COVID looked like, I mean, as good a player as, I mean, probably as good a number two as you had in the league, right? When he was a better number two than Paul George was in LA, he was a, he probably wasn't better than AD, right, in, in LA. But, I mean, Harden and Russ looked incredible, and he got COVID and has not looked the same since. He didn't also – same in the bubble, didn't look, doesn't look the same for the Wizards. He had COVID and a quad injury in the bubble both. Um, did not work out very well. Uh, the the six weeks there, whatever that was, of small ball before COVID hit was that, – that six weeks was fun. The first half of that year, though, was not a lot of fun either. <laughs> no. I, so the only thing that I would say is that I would flop those teams. Like, if we're talking about fun, like, I would imagine Parker had a lot of fun watching Russell Westbrook be what, what do you call him, the six foot four center? 
for the Houston yeah. Rockets, right? Like that was a lot of fun. He was doing kind of crazy stuff. Right now, I don't know that it's a a lot of fun signing guys from the G League to fill in for everyone who's hurt. Christian Woods hurt. John Wall's on the minutes restriction. Eric Gordon's out. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I said. Like when they're all yeah. there, Oladipo's a lot of fun when he's there. Like yeah, I don't know. That all we, there. Have we seen them all there? I don't even know. It's been we, like three times. The funniest thing, and then I, then I can drop the Rockets. The funniest thing to me, and the most like gifable moment from this season was. It was the first time Steven Silas, when they're announcing their starting lineups to the media before the game, was like, same as yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, like the first time he got to do that was like this like hallelujah type moment. I was like, oh my God. Can I throw one take in there? Because yeah. Parker will say that 2017 Rockets, best team to not win the championship. Just 2017 or 2017. Yeah. 17, not, 18. Yeah. So um, the 94 Knicks team. I would have loved, three, but okay. Well, no, no worries. What I, would say, what I would say is, I would have loved that team to have played your Rockets team in that era, because oh, it was yeah. a whole different deal then, right? The ball was different then. There's nothing y'all could have done to slow down Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing would have had 40 every night, but there's ways back then with hand checking to potentially do something with harder. He's so electric, like it's hard to say that, but potentially, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I will contest that 2016, <laughs> like Draymond Green. Like, that's a championship team. And Draymond Green punches LeBron in the junk. That's the, probably the best team. Right? <laughs> 73 and wins means must mean something. I'll throw in that Phoenix team as well. Uh, when Amari got hurt? Yeah. Amari, yeah. Uh, that same year Joe Johnson got hurt, if I remember right. And that may have and been the year before. Still got the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. They were they were a phenomenal team. And Some you, of those you Sacramento Kings teams that lost to the Lakers. Oh, yeah. The weather, Divac. Oh, which it wasn't they got. Yeah, which year was oh, it? The they year got... that they got jobbed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that the? I, I'm I'm not gonna get the year right, but I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast. The the fix was in, obviously, oh, right? We can go back I and look definitely. at the game seven. Even some of those Portland teams, like if you think about some of the Portland teams with uh, Scotty Pippen and Rasheed, and that they had some years in there, man. There's there's been a lot of good teams that didn't win the championship. There's been a lot of good teams that didn't even get to the final mm-hmm. because they had these historic teams that just basically cut them off. Ask Reggie Miller. Well, and that's about, that's the hmm. that's the interesting about basketball, and we've talked way too long about it. But the interesting about basketball <laughs> is that you can be the second best team in the league and not make the final if the best team in the league that year is in your conference, your right? Conference. Like it's yeah. it it happens. I would argue fairly regularly, right? There was yeah. a stretch there in, in the early aughts where like the West was just like that. The Lakers and Spurs were like that, and then like yeah, the Nets were there, whoever. But like the Lakers and Spurs, the teams that were like that, and that that's just the way it is sometimes. It's interesting because football is not that, right? Football never, never the, like that. The best team will win the championship in basketball. Like you can argue that maybe the Detroit Pistons weren't better than the when you saw them teams play. It was obvious that seven. Rick Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, they were better than the Lakers team that basically brought those Hall of Famers together, right? Mm-hmm. But in football, the best team doesn't always win, right? Which is why I love Eli Manning because 2007, <laughs> that that New England team is probably the best team to never win a Super Bowl. That team is yeah. incredible. Definitely, you can't yeah. spell elite without yeah. Eli, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, I got four more things for you. Uh, Lakers versus Nets is guaranteed to be the NBA Finals. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't want to flunk it because that could very well be the finals, but I don't think anything right now is guaranteed, especially with the way AD, uh, his Achilles thing over the weekend, and then it's like today it's a calf strain out three weeks. I, I'm not guaranteeing either group, um, but I don't, want to up, 
I'm not going to straight flunk it, so I'll go like C minus. Uh, it's crazy as the world is. Kyrie might not play next week, man. Like, right. what are we talking about? Like, we, I don't know. Like, um, and and let's be honest about this. There, there could be a trade in the NBA. Bradley Beal could go to Utah and shift things, right? I mean, well, that could happen. Or or uh, Drummond could end up somewhere. And uh, yeah, like there are several guys that could potentially be on the move. I, so I'm not going to guarantee either team. I will say those two teams are very talented. And I would argue that when Durant is playing, he had the COVID set out and this and the other thing. But when Durant's playing, when LeBron playing, they're still two of the top on any given night, three or four guys in the league at worst. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I would probably go see as well. And I mean, the caveat there is injury mm-hmm. trade. And I mean, what I will say is that it, Teams that have performed the way that Brooklyn has performed defensively historically don't make the finals. You mean right now, historically, offensively, offensively, they're so good, right? But let's I let Miami be together and let Brooklyn play that level of defense against Miami in a seven-game series, and let's just see what happens. I'd, I'd be curious because Jimmy Butler will switch off and take one of them offensive threats away, and all of a sudden Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson – hit enough threes that they could cancel out the other guy. And now Durant's got to guard Bam or something crazy like that because Jordan's fouling out because he can't guard Bam. That ain't going to happen, right? It ain't going to be Joe Harris doing it. So, like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, so I get – Bam, I'm like, hey, (laughs) Parker will tell you, like, he thinks I hate Bam. I love Bam. I just (laughs) think that Parker thinks that Bam is better in the league than I do. But um, anyway, that's probably why I'm going to go see. There's too many variables in there, including AD and his Achilles. Yeah. All right, here's one for you that I've not heard anyone else say before. Not to say it hasn't been said. I just haven't heard it. Hot take. Career-wise, career-wise, Trey Young's teams at the end of his career will be better than Luka Doncic's teams at the end of his career. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I mean, F. F, Luca's better. Luca will be the best player in the NBA in three years. Luca will be an international superstar in five years. He has an appeal that no one else is going to be able to say that they have because he can globally appeal. He will go into European markets and do things that no one else has done. Now, what does that have to do with teams? N- nothing. Except that, <laughs> except that. The question was about teams. Man. Don't worry. No, no, it has nothing. I'm just putting all that out there. And I trust Mark Cuban as an owner to put stuff around Luca. I trust Rick Carlisle as a coach, and I'm not saying that Atlanta's got good coaching, but Atlanta historically as a franchise has never been one that's gotten it right. 
they had Dominique Wilkins in a year where they were the one seed and traded him for Danny Manning, and then the team fell apart. Like this is who the Atlanta Hawks are. The Atlanta Hawks are the one seed with Budenholzer coaching them and can't get to the conference final. Right? This is who Atlanta historically has been. Right? Dallas, for whatever we want to say about Dallas, like Cuban and them guys got a ring, man. So mm-hmm. that's a franchise has proven that they know what it takes to win a championship. And we would, I think that we all would have objectively said that when they went into that final, that they weren't going to win. Right. We looked at what they did against Miami and we're like, oh, no, this is not a team that's going to win a championship. Dirk's going to choke. And they took out Miami the second time. Right. They well, took and, out LeBron. and I will say too, the deal with uh, Dallas in that 2011 final is that, you know, you can also make the same argument about the first four games because, there was only 14 minutes that the Mavs were in the positive in the first four games. They probably should have gotten swept and then they went in six. Um, so when I look at the two teams, I think what's interesting to me is neither one has ever been the big free agent place, right? Like Atlanta has typically fleeced them out and Dallas has always had to go for like the bargain bin value guy, right? Like that's always been, both teams and so i look at like how do they actually get help i i think if i'm we're gonna bet here i'd be betting on luca because i'd rather bet on the six six forward than the five ten point guard and that's no slight on what trey young does he's he's really like stretching the game very literally to a place where he can shoot out from there and making you guard him out there and those kinds of things i think the this comes down to like people talking about winning losing that trade I think the thing that when you look at Atlanta, you got to remember they also added Cam Reddish in that trade. And so it's like Trey Young and Cam Reddish versus Luka, which is closer, but I still hedge Luka. <laughs> um, so I would probably, I forget which side of it, the, the trade, or which side of the deal was the the thesis or, or quote there, but I would probably go on the Luka side with the B plus because theoretically Atlanta could pick up, you know, Who's the next? The Imani Bates. Who Trey Young breaks his leg? They get a number one pick. They get Imani Bates. Boom, done. Like that's a whole different team all of a sudden, right? Because I don't know that either one. But that's also changing the thesis because that's not Trey Young's team then. Right, right, right. No, Imani Bates goes to Atlanta. Like I don't know how much you know about Imani Bates, Vince, but we go see this dude, man. Go see his electric. Um, And any team he's on, it's his team. But what I'm what I'm getting here is that like. Neither team's going to pull in a big free agent in my mind, even as fun as it looks like Luka is to play. I worry in modern basketball what that means for, does that mean that neither one of these teams are happening in Atlanta and Dallas, right? Does that mean that we're looking at it in 2026 and we're like, huh, like Luka's teams look really good, but they're happening in San Francisco, right? Like, like, like who knows, right? And, and I think that that's just where basketball is these days. And there's part of that that's fun. The unknown is fun. And there's part of that that's probably really frightening to all the apartments around me in Dallas, right? Because it's like, oh, man, <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? And my yeah. argument, you mentioned it with the free agency. Neither team have been able – I mean, you look at Dallas's history. They drafted Dirk. They traded for Steve Nash. They traded for Jason Kidd when they eventually won their championship. Those were their their main – they traded for Porzingis. Um, and so that's kind of how they've gotten there. Now, Luka is a guy you would think would draw some free agencies to him. And you know Dallas is not going to let Luka leave, at least without – putting up a huge fight because <laughs> they kept Dirk for his whole career. Um, and so, but they're also in the West, which, which historically in this most recent NBA era has been the tougher of the conferences as well, Atlanta. And that can all change with one free agent signing. But uh, as it sits right now, Atlanta has a young team. Um, whereas Dallas kind of has a really mixed mesh uh, mixture of 
veterans slash G leaguers, those kinds of things. Atlanta has a more solid core group of people. Luca, though, without a doubt, is the best the best of those players on either of those teams right now. Um, two more thoughts: the the Utah Jazz will lose in round one of the playoffs. F, they're not losing in round one. They're going to be a one seed. They're not losing in round one. They'll be a top three seed. Who are they going to? Who are they getting? Like the the, the yeah, Zion's going to take them out. Come on now. Like, <laughs> one well, and whoever it is, if it's if they're a one or a two seed, they're getting someone off of the play in now. Mm-hmm. I I don't think they lose in round one. So I would also give that a D or an F, a low low grade. I'd want to know what the seedings were, I guess, but I'd give it a D or an F. I will say they're taking the regular season a lot more seriously than those two teams in LA and those kinds of things. I'd even argue then Portland to some degree with the way they're making sure CJ McCollum can come back healthy and those kinds of things. And and they should, those teams should be, because those teams, you know, there's this like theory, but once you know you're a playoff team, how you play the regular season differently and those kinds of things, Utah's playing really hard in the regular season, but we've seen the way Snyder coaches in a seven game series. And frankly, his lack of adjustments, like I, I don't mean to get like too nitty gritty, but he got the Rockets in 18, the Rockets in 19 at the second round, both times uh, or the second round, the first time, first round, the second time. And both times it was like, he came with this like great defensive thought on how to stop Harden and it didn't work and they never changed. And then last year we saw like, Denver made a big switch in their lineups in the middle of that series and they're down three, one and Utah never changed and lost from when they were up three, one, right? Like, so I, I think that that, I don't mean to knock Snyder cause he has a great like story as far as getting to be an NBA coach, but he needs to show me that he can make better adjustments to win a second and second round series or a conference finals or whatever. So while they may win the first round on talent alone, I don't know how much farther to have him going. Yeah. He's not going to have to make big adjustments to stop the Kings. You know you what I'm the saying? King, like you got the Kings at eight? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, that's the the level of team. Is that Darren Fox, BBN? Look, BBN. We love <laughs> uh, but, I mean, when you look at what Utah is going to have to do in that first round, the teams that they're going to play, I, like, even, like, we could talk about these teams that play really hard in the regular season and then kind of wet the bed in the playoffs. Like, Toronto, historically, was that. Jay Johnson doesn't want to hear it, but that's who they were. Exception um, of one year. With the, with the year that they signed Kawhi, like, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. Let Utah get Bradley Beal, and then all of a sudden, we're not even having this conversation, right? Um, and that's that's the pieces that I want to consider with Utah. Like, is there a trade out there? You think that Utah could finagle away? Way to get Gordon Haywood back? Like, I don't know. Maybe there's a way to make something like that happen with Charlotte, right? Um, could Utah? I, I, I don't know. Anyway, even the teams that play really hard in the regular season tend to win the first round, is the point. The second round might be some trouble, right? But right. the third round, they normally are able to get through. Right now, the eight seeds Golden State. And then you've got the other teams in that area. You got Denver, Golden State, Memphis, Dallas would be seven through 10 right now. Um, yeah, the, the team that's the scariest. Out of all of those is Memphis to me because mm-hmm. of Ja mm-hmm. with the ball and the weapons around him. Not like Steph Curry with the ball is easy. But what I would say is that Utah, I mean, this is Quinn Snyder. I, I understand exactly what Parker is saying. That being said, I feel like if it's really just Steph and the Stephettes, <laughs> then Okay, he they could Utah could find a way through that oh, series. No, the way that the Harden thing worked was they had a guy standing behind him and a guy yeah. standing in front of him, and people were like, oh man, he's got so many assists now in Brooklyn. Like, I saw that play playoff series play out. He had 
35 in two games. One of them was a loss in that gentleman's sweep that they had. He had, you know, 12 and 15 dimes the rest of those games. And that's, the, I mean, the same thing would happen to Steph, but he's not passing to, in 2018, it was Chris Paul and Ariza. That's, that's, right? Eric Gordon. He's passing to Draymond Green, who's going to be open for three. I promise you, Draymond will be open at the three-point line. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And Kelly Oubre. Um <laughs> I like right. Kelly Oubre. We are not going to hate on these people who I like. Taylor Heideke, Kelly Oubre, I'm here for them. All right, last one I got for you. Best expansion city is, I've got Las Vegas. I've got four cities total that I have written down. But I got the best The best one is Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on that? Did we do this thesis, Parker? We did this one. We said Vegas. We said Louisville. We said Nashville. And we said like Mexico City, like those well, were. Like, we also the thesis was after Seattle. Um, after Seattle, absolutely. Yeah. And like so the Seattle's getting a team at some point. I I would have in oh, anyway. I would have in some order, and I th- believe it was the same way in the thesis. Some combination of Seattle and Vegas and Mexico City. I think my hot take is that they need to add two teams and then move Memphis and maybe Minnesota, but somebody else east um, that's kind of at that central timeline, um, maybe New Orleans, right? Maybe it's the Mississippi Rivers, the divide, um, but move two of those teams east and you can get 16 and 16. You can do team divisions of four like the NFL and, and things like that. Um, my hot take is more that they need two. I have always felt bad for Seattle. So if I were picking between those two, I'd probably say give Seattle a team back. Although to be fair, I feel bad for Seattle from a time when Vegas had no pro sports teams and now they have, the Aces, the Knights, and the Raiders. So maybe that was a different time. I mean, the the Knights should have won a Stanley Cup too. Like they 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 don't, those teams didn't just come in the league and we're like, oh, we're just meddling around. Yeah. No, the Raiders beat the Chiefs like consistently show that they could play them hard. Aces have a championship. Like I mean, oh, uh, incidentally, I am not going to be the person who's going to walk around the Bluegrass State and get my card revoked. So <laughs> Seattle, Seattle is one, and Louisville is two. <laughs> and let me just, and, and Vince, I, you know this as someone who's in the state. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that intuitively people outside the state of Kentucky look at Louisville and they're like, uh, that's not a market. This, if you put a professional sports team in Louisville, that thing would get supported. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Like crazy by the tri-state area that is that region of Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, you would have support. The, the the interesting thing about Louisville and Nashville, when we introduce those as options, I don't know how much pull Memphis has in terms of saying we don't want a team that's going to mess too much that. in our market. But if you think about where Louisville is positioned, right, they can pull Cincinnati folks, right? And I, I just think that Louisville makes a lot of sense. Vegas obviously makes sense. Seattle obviously yeah. makes sense. Mexico City could make some sense, too. Um, I am curious as to how those expansion plans internationally will look post-pandemic. I'm thinking everybody's going to slow the roll and stuff like that. Well, and it, it'd be – so like when they did Toronto and Vancouver, 
Vancouver financially flopped, right? They had moved to Memphis very quickly. Um, and so I don't know what the situation would be like in Mexico City, how long you'd have it there. I think the interesting thing in Louisville to me is every market you just named, you talk about professional sports. Those are all basketball towns. Like Cincinnati, like the University of Cincinnati, like those guys love basketball. University of Louisville loves basketball, right? Like those areas do enjoy basketball. It's just on top of the aspect of giving them a pro team in the region, right? Um, and so giving it as opposed to giving them a soccer team or as opposed to giving them, I mean, NFL does for well, wherever it is, I guess, but opposed to giving them a WNBA team or like with an NBA team or a WNBA team would do very well there, I would think. Yeah, so two things. Um, the piece around the pandemic, like what we're seeing with Toronto having to play games in Tampa, I think that that's going to, the NFL is going to slow their roll on, on the expansion. So that's the first thing. Uh, and the second thing is Vince, you know how you can tell that Parker is not from Louisville. I don't know where Louisville is. I know Louisville. I know where Louisville is. I don't know where Louisville is. Oh my God. What do you call the, what do you call the baseball bat? Do you not call you call it Louisville slugger? Louisville slugger. Yes. Yeah, dang Louisville it. Slugger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm still waiting on my, my BBN card. Maybe it'll happen by the time I get my, no, my card we'll, in. We'll do the joke with Parker. Like, how do you pronounce the capital of Kentucky? Do you pronounce it Louisville or Louisville? And it's actually pronounced Frankfurt. Frankfurt. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't feel bad, Parker. I had the commissioner from the A-Sun conference on earlier this month, and uh, he was in a, a press conference up at Bellarmine, which is in Louisville, and he called it Louisville. Uh, in the press conference, so <laughs> there's a the town here in the DFW. <laughs> there's a town here in DFW called Louisville, but it's spelled L E W I S, like Louis. That's yeah, that's <laughs> like that's Louisville. I, I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> that's Texas anyway. Every place plays football. Louisville ain't bad. <laughs> I grew up just south of Nashville, and uh, when hockey came to town, it was the best thing in the world. And obviously, the Predators have have survived wonderfully in Nashville. They just added a soccer team not too long ago. They've been working on trying to get a, a Major League Baseball team that I don't think is going to happen anytime too soon. I'm not sure basketball would be the right fit in Nashville. Uh, Louisville, though, it would be because, like you said, you're drawing from Ohio, Cincinnati area. In Indiana, everybody loves basketball. In Kentucky, everybody loves basketball. Uh, you're going to, and I think you're far enough away from Memphis. Um, you're actually, you know, your tie to Indiana is a little bit more of an issue there too, but Indianapolis is such a, just kind of small, it's Indianapolis. So I think, uh, I think it could work in Louisville. I think Vegas is, is one of the most obvious places with, with what they're doing right now and everything. And with gambling becoming a bigger issue in sports, it just makes sense there. Um, and then the Seattle, real- I don't feel bad for Seattle personally, <laughs> but, uh, nothing the fans, against them. I feel bad for the fans. Yeah. The, the only, I mean, against them. Yeah. The, they're getting hockey, let them enjoy hockey for a while. And the, <laughs> the thing about Vegas to me is interesting is that Stern's big thing while it was his league was always Vegas is for USA basketball and it's neutral because there are no pro teams in Vegas. So everyone has to travel to do USA basketball. And Obviously silver. That was the other thing too. Like people won't like, they're not all going to go to Orlando, but they'll right. go to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stern, Stern and silver as you know, they did work together, but they have proven to be very different people. So S- silver has not said the same kinds of things at all. And so it will be interesting to see what he does about it. And I will say an interesting take on Nashville. And this is obviously true of Vegas as well, but the fact that you have hockey means you have an arena, mm-hmm. which yeah. means it's actually cheaper to go to one of these places, right? It's one of the reasons why Seattle was so gung ho and trying to get the hockey team, not only to bring sports back, but now we have an indoor arena where mm-hmm. you can put a basketball team. Right. And so um, Vegas obviously has that with the golden Knights and it's, even if they didn't, it's not a problem in Vegas. Some casino will put the arena in the bottom, right? Well, that won't be yeah. a problem for them. 
they've got wherever Team USA plays their exhibition games. It's not probably the same as like the Staples Center, but they've got something. No, but that's UNLV. They played on UNLV's camp. Like UNLV, that I don't think the I don't think the NBA wants to mess with. Like if the NBA goes, they're not going to play games at the uh, what the Yum Center or whatever. <laughs> like that, Louisville's got the building arena, right? Because yeah. the NBA is yeah. not going to mess around. Yeah, and I tell you too, Nashville and Vegas, both the the atmosphere in the city um, after the game things to do with the celebrities that are around all that kind of stuff. That's where, that's what made the predators so great in Nashville is all of the celebrities just piled in and they were at every game. Um, and then of course, Carrie Underwood married a player. And so that was, she was there all the time and national anthem was phenomenal every night because you had some superstar singing it. Right. And so you got to see people like on the Zambonis in the, in between periods was a famous <laughs> country singer, right. And the Zamboni playing and singing and all that kind of stuff. So they got the atmosphere for it. I just don't think they have the fan support for it, personally. That's my opinion. But hot take: NHL has the best national anthems. Like it's not even, oh, yeah. it's not even close. Like go to a, a Blackhawks game. Like <laughs> everyone's singing it at the top of their lungs. Like everybody's into it. NHL anthems, man, they do it better than <laughs> any other sport. I said I wasn't going to talk about anthems tonight, so I'm going to leave no, that right there. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the national anthem. Yeah, if you want to talk anthems, you can go to FN Sports. That's where you got it. They got uh, great conversation. You guys both took it from a different angle than I was expecting you to take it at uh, in your episode. So I encourage everyone to go listen, not just to that episode, past episodes as well and future episodes, the FN Sports podcast. Uh, Parker as well is now involved in another uh, podcast, uh, the Midweek Midrange. Uh, I guess it's a live show, right? Yeah, it's a live show on Wednesday nights. Uh, we do flip it into a podcast, although uh, we had some te- technical difficulties last week as it was the first time doing that. But uh, second episode is this Wednesday night at 9. You can find us on Twitter at Midweek Midrange, and it'll be through Periscope on there for as long as we still have Periscope. And then we'll be obviously uploading to YouTube as soon as we're done. All right. And then both of them, Shaka and Parker, uh, hosting the FN Sports Podcast. It really is a great podcast. I enjoy listening to it. I'm a... Uh, uh, bug killer. I'm a pest control technician, so I'm walking around all day long listening to podcasts, and it's one that I have on there uh, to listen to. So thank you guys both for being on, um, and I appreciate you guys uh, having the conversation with me today. We need to do it again sometime, but uh, appreciate you guys and what you're doing on the podcast. It's Like I said, it's a phenomenal podcast. I encourage everyone to go and uh, download, take a listen, rate, review, all those good things as well. <laughs> Go out, like, subscribe, share, and please remember, (laughs) when it comes to sports... Don't flunk with us. There you go. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. I sure appreciate it, and uh, we'll, we'll chat again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Vince. Thank you for having us, Vince. All right. A big shout out to the guys from the FN Sports Podcast. Sure appreciate them coming and having the conversation with me. If you missed part one of the conversation, it is on the Tom Allen podcast. We sat down with Indiana head football coach Tom Allen. And uh, then after that conversation, we had a conversation with Shaka and Parker about the NFL. And so you can go back and listen to that. And a reminder, we've got some big stuff coming up. Uh, Chris Lofton, former Tennessee basketball great, will be with us. That'll drop on Monday. And then uh, former Green Bay Packer fullback John Kuhn will be joining us next week sometime as well. So that'll be coming out next week. Also, don't forget to click on the links in the podcast notes for Skull Candy and Blue Coolers and go find yourself some new earbuds or a new cooler as camping season is just around the corner. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.